Yay! So we've got yet another episode of Becoming Cosmically You. And I'm really, really excited this week to welcome Andy Barrett with us. So Andy, over to you. How did you get into what you're doing now? Hi, Louise. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, so my story is kind of um, all over the place, how I got to what I'm doing now. It started, um, so I'm a child abuse survivor. My abuse started when I was very young and went for many years. And it was so significant that I actually had no memory of it. Um, So I went about my life. I went to college. I actually got married. I became a registered nurse and I worked as a registered nurse for 20 years this year, actually is my 20 year anniversary. And as I went through life, I always had what I called this black hole of pain inside of me. I knew something was wrong. Something just wasn't, just didn't feel right. I had a lot of anxiety, depression, and just this horrible pain inside of me, but I never quite could understand what it was. And I went through life. My um, husband and I got divorced and started on a process of healing from that, but yet I still could never quite heal this pain. And then about eight years ago, I was dating a person who cheated on me and let me know that they were now with someone else through a very public Facebook post. So they let me know. It it was, yeah, it was, um, it was a horrible, horrible time. And that betrayal by my partner unlocked the memories of my child abuse. So I started with dueling traumas, this horrible child abuse that I was now starting to have to process. And the fact that my partner not only cheated on me, but was so disrespectful and, and in the way that they handled it. And I went into a really dark place. It was a really bad time at a really Um, it was a really, really dark place. And yet it started to tap into that black hole of pain that I had inside of me starting to heal from that trauma. So I was in intensive therapy. I ended up um, not being able to continue working as a registered nurse. I had to take a break. Nursing was very, I always did high acuity, high intensity nursing. I was an emergency room nurse. I worked in intensive care units. So lots of adrenaline, lots of drama, high stress, and it actually became too much for me. So I had to take a break from nursing. And as I did that, I realized I still needed something to do with my mind and my body. And I have practiced yoga for years. I have, have done yoga for a long time. And the yoga studio that I went to was offering a yoga teacher training at the time. And I thought, well, I need something to do. So I'll become a yoga teacher. And I took the training and I loved it. I loved being able to work with people to help them to start connecting to their bodies in ways that were different from how I had done previously in healthcare. And it it became interesting. It so that happened after um, after my memories of child abuse came out, and so I was starting to really work with this mind body connection and and heal. And yoga became too much. I could no longer practice it. The It became so overwhelming for my body and my sensory input. It just put me into overwhelm and shut down. Every time I went to a yoga class, I could teach it. I just couldn't be a student of it. And that was really challenging because that was taking away this mental break for me. Um, and then COVID hit and another one of my yoga teacher friends said that she was going to take a training in how to become a trauma informed yoga instructor. She knew I had trauma and that I was 
working through some of it. So I decided to take this trauma-informed yoga training with her. And that just opened up a whole new world of possibilities for me. Trauma-informed yoga is taught differently than more traditional yoga. It creates more space for people to experience whatever's coming up. It's not so structured. And it takes into consideration different people's um, nervous system states, what they may be bringing to the class that that a traditional yoga class doesn't necessarily have the space or the room for. And I, that just really changed my world. And a couple things happened around the same time as I was doing my trauma yoga training, we were learning how important play and playing like you're a child, getting back to this element of play is in tapping into parts of our nervous system that actually help us feel safe and connected and secure. And so play becomes a way to help us really tap into this sense of safety. And at the same time, my therapist, um, I've been in intensive therapy, my therapist started doing a protocol that is designed for people who've experienced trauma at a very young age and who don't really have a semblance or an understanding of what safety really is. And my view started so young. It was friends of my parents. It wasn't my parents, but it was people who were really close to the family. And, and that just really disrupted my ability to even have a semblance of safety. So anyway, this protocol um, is based on the premise and the, the theory that um, all mammals and humans are mammals, by the way, we're born with our brains. We come out as infants with seven circuits pre-wired in our brains. Um, and play happens to be one of those circuits that we're born with. So we know how to play as infants. And if you think of how infants learn, how puppies learn, it's play. Play is this big element. And so I was learning about the importance of play and movement in these two separate areas. And so I started combining them in my body and it just really released this. It really started to tap into that black hole of pain and that emotional itchiness that I felt and just started to release it to where I could heal and process and things just really started to change. So I told a couple of friends of mine about it, people who haven't experienced trauma to the degree that I had just normal life traumas and they wanted to try it. So I put them through a couple of um, practices and it worked for them too. just help them really release, allow them to connect to who they really are, let go of all the stories associated with it. And so it has delved now into this business where I get to play and help people really connect to who they are and let go of all the stories and all the brainwashing that we have associated with it, with life. <laughs> Mm, I love that. I love that as well, because you've really kind of lived through and experienced through every single piece that you're putting together. And um, it's always beautiful because I think a lot of paradigms around the coaching industry are beginning to dissolve people who are who have learned from other people how to be a coach. Well, yeah. what is rising now are these people, these beautiful souls who are actually experiencing and learning through and teaching what they've learned, right? And I think that's where the power is right now. So you are one of those people. So it's always good to connect with others that are doing the same. Um, yeah. My team, do you have some questions about going back to Please. your traumas? Are you open to speak about it? Yeah? Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. okay. Um, the reason why I want to ask is because I think a lot of people will relate to you on this. I know that I went through a lot of childhood traumas. And I think when you have been through childhood traumas, 
you know there's something but you can't put your finger on it because you can't recall it yes. and I think a lot of us think like oh my god was I imagining that is there something wrong with me why are these patterns showing up in my life in relationships with money in work with anger we're feeling that black that flat pit I love how you you explain that that feeling inside yeah because I had anxiety for over 35 years before I healed it and I think a lot of humans will be feeling these patterns and not really understanding where they come from so how did you how I know you said this this person who um triggered you basically I mean they kind of did you a favor I guess because they triggered you right they really did yes <laughs> effectively yes. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't very nice at the time no. <laughs> I was triggered in a in a, in a uh, certain way as well by partnership which is quite interesting we've got similar lives in a way um but like how did you go from being triggered and then moving through those did you get visions of the trauma or how did it happen for you I did start to get visions. Uh, it was more, um, it started with names, with sensations. I actually got really bad body memories, which are, um, for anybody that doesn't know what a body memory is, it's just that. It's the memory of a physical sensation of something happening. And those are actually horrible. Um, the type of therapy that I do, I do a type of therapy called EMDR, which is um, designed to help people recover memories, as well as to help desensitize to the sensations that come up with it. So I have a very specific type of therapy that I do that has helped me go in to recover some of those memories. And then I got to a point, I didn't want to know anymore. I knew yeah. enough that there was enough bad stuff there. I just wanted to get rid of the physical stuff inside of me. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, that's a really beautiful point because we do a lot of work around um, other timelines. I mean, humans call them yes. past past lives, right? Similar yes. type thing. And I always say to people, yeah, be careful what you what you find out. Because you haven't, if you haven't got the tools to deal with that emotion, that trauma that's coming up, that can be really, really devastating to a person, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that you say that. As I've been on my healing journey, I have done energy work and gone into working with past lives and different different timelines, different, um, and it tends to be that I have similar. Um, negative beliefs that I carry throughout those timelines or those, those lives in order to hopefully heal it in this one. I'm hoping this is my last one of having to go through stuff to heal these, pardon me, negative uh, beliefs that I've carried. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, what we found through our work that um, trauma is etched onto the DNA. So you have to go like deep into the DNA. And, and so I think a lot of people are, are just wanting to uncover what happened to them without having the proper tools in order yes. to deal with it, right? Um, what else did you want me to ask, Angie? Well, I the way that I work to help people um, or build one of those tools, because what I do is not going to necessarily help you remember what it is that happened, but um, I work from a kind of a, being a nurse, I work from somewhat of a scientific level as well as the energetic component. So I help people, I help them take what their negative belief about themselves is. And so we all experience 
trauma to some degree, whether it is significant childhood trauma like you and I have experienced, or it can even be, you know, a, a kid says something mean to you at school and we take that on and that becomes a trauma for us. And our bodies actually store that and it becomes, um, our bodies go into fight or flight. We're getting ready. We're trying to protect ourselves. And so when we try and tap into these negative beliefs that we have about ourselves, we create, there's this energy surrounding it. And it's actual, not just um, like cosmic energy. There's a physical energy that's built up inside of us. It, it combines, there's both. And so, for example, one of the negative beliefs that I had have still, it comes up every once in a while, um, is that I have to be small, uh, to be big is something that is unsafe or I don't get to be big or things like that. And so I started, as I started working, I pretended like I was an elephant and I would stomp around my house and be an elephant. And that allowed me to tap into the sensations of feeling big, of being big, uh, without the mental story associated with it's unsafe, it does, I don't get this. I just got to play and be in my body. And that really started to shift things. And as I started doing that, I realized how much information our body's actually sending to our brains that we're not consciously aware of. Um, there's so much information that our body's gathering both physically, as well as, you know, our sixth sense, our seventh sense, sense, whatever we're tapping into, but our brain can't process all of it. And so as we, or movement is one of those amazing tools to help us start to learn what our body's trying to tell us or to give us space to start to really tap into what that information is that's coming so that we can step back and say, okay, something maybe isn't right here. Maybe let me look at this a little bit closely, or I'm feeling really good right now. Um, so if you'll let me, I have an example of what I'm talking about. A lot of times, um, what I do is very experiential. You have to kind of feel it to really understand it. So if you don't mind, I have a little experiment to do with you all, if you're okay with that. Yeah, do it. Okay. So, um, I invite you to do this with me. You can do this seated. You can do this standing. So I'm going to invite you to start with just coming into a side to side sway. And just gently moving side to side and just to whatever degree feels comfortable to you. And as you do start to notice maybe what happens with your shoulders or your jaw, maybe check in with what's happening with your toes, your gut. A lot of times we carry tension in our gut or in our intestines. Now I'm going to invite you to go front to back and start to sway front to back and notice what happens. Maybe you don't want to sway front to back. That feels uncomfortable. Maybe that feels more soothing. We all have one direction that feels more soothing than the other. For me, front to back creates tension in my body. My shoulders hunch up. My jaw tends to clench. My toes grip. Um, whereas when I go side to side, I feel kind of just this fluid ripple go through my body. And yet both of those directions, whichever one feels more soothing to you, some people front to back feels better, some people side to side, that gives us information um, to, to know what's happening in our body. When we're in the direction for me, it's front to back where my shoulders start to tighten, my jaw grips, that's giving me information early on that something maybe is my body's sensing something that isn't right. And so I can start to explore that earlier on than before I get into kind of full blown, I'm gonna lose my cool, blow my lid 
um, arena. And then I can come to the side to side sway, which will start to relax my body. Um, I've trained my body enough that when I'm in side to side sway, I'll just go into that when I start to get stressed. And so I'll notice that my body's going side to side and then I can step back and say, okay, something's got me a little bit anxious. What is this? And so as we really build this mind body connection through even simple movements, like front to back, side to side sways, we're able to start to tap into that information that earlier and earlier, something's starting to activate into us so that we don't go down into an area we don't want and can really stay connected to our true sense of self a lot easier. And then it, I work with clients and it goes much bigger. We go into deeper traumas, bigger um, sensations. And yet I always bring people back to that side to side sway or front to back, whichever is more soothing, because that is something that really helps us to connect to our true sense of self and our most relaxed state. Mm, I love that. And I think um, with now the modern world, more and more people are like staying still, aren't they? with everything they do so I love how you're bringing the the feeling of movement I am um, one of my go-tos I call them happy tasks when I want to um just get out my current whatever you know yeah and one of mine is just putting music on and dancing around yes <laughs> with my children I, especially you know Disney songs yeah <laughs> I recommend that. I do that as well. I recommend that. And it's interesting. Some people have a really hard time letting their bodies be that free to dance and to move. I hear that a lot. People don't know um, people who have had trauma, people who, you know, who've experienced being told we have to be grownups, that kind of stuff. It's really hard to just let your body be free and put music on. I love that you put Disney music on. That's amazing <laughs> because the more we can tap into that child part of our brain, the more we actually can heal those traumas. Our brains as children have so much um, ability to form and to reform connections and play and um, all of that. So I love that. That's that I do that same thing as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, we uh we don't spend very much time in our house being adults, if I can be completely honest. We we spend a lot of time in play. We have like three rules in our house. You have to be kind to each other, you have to go to bed on time because sleep is life, right? Yes. And you have to eat your food, because again, food is life. So mm-hmm. those are my three like non-negotiables to my kids. <laughs> and they still call me mean. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. They still say, oh, mommy, you're so mean. I'm like, really? Like, if you only knew. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. They don't know what blissful life. But they're only six and eight, you know. I think they'll realize when they're teenagers and they're speaking yeah. to other parents who, who maybe aren't so relaxed with them than, than I am. <laughs> yes. And who don't play with them. So many parents don't actually play with their children. And so children aren't necessarily taught how to play. And that's one of the the big um, children are actually one of my big uh, inspirations for a lot of the movements that I do, because that is when we can tap into that childlike wonder and childlike play as adults, that really, really helps us heal in ways that that um, other things, other modalities can't because I've tried so many of them. Yeah, haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, haven't we all? Exactly. 
<laughs> and I think that's the other thing my team just want to say again. We say it on other podcast episodes, but you know, you may have got to the stage in your journey that you've tried everything like me and Angie have. And, and actually the way that works is the way that you're led to, not always a modality. It's usually finding a way that's worked for you and then sharing that with other people. And you're creating almost your own modality, right, in a way. I I actually did create mine. There was nothing out there like what I'm doing. And so I ended up creating it. So yeah, if something, if you haven't found something that works, then, then create it. You get to create something. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. They, they also want to remind people like how limitless you are as a being. So, you know, a lot of um, modalities I find are very kind of boxed in. They have a lot of rules. You have to do things a certain way. Um, they can be quite limiting for that as well because a lot of them only really work on one area, you know, the mindset or the heart space, whereas actually it's a combination of so many different things, right? Holistically, it's everything <laughs> in yes. one thing. It, it's connecting it all. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I love how you put it all together based on your own experience. Like I say, I think that is like so powerful and it, it's what... um. It's what the pathways of the new earth are, are being designed to be. Like we are the ones creating these new pathways and these new modalities, if you like. Although my team don't really like the word modality. So they're telling me to stop saying that. I'm like, okay. What word do they prefer? <laughs> I, yeah, what word do they prefer? I don't know. They they said like freedom of expression. That is amazing because my word of the year for 2024 is the word freedom. That's like what <laughs> everything I, that's my word of the year for 2024 is freedom. So I will go with them on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, brilliant. And a question that we always ask our podcast guests is around like money and abundance, because I find like in our kind of niche, if, if we, I mean, we don't always like being aligned to a niche, but we're in the spiritual realm, yes. right? Yes. We're helping yes. people. And um, there's this like belief that if you have these spiritual gifts that you should give it away for free or you should be like an over giver. Um, what are your views on that? That is actually something I have really struggled with. Uh, yes, I do feel that. Um, I also know how um, how challenging it is to heal from trauma, how expensive it is to heal from trauma. And I want to be able to give as much away as I can for free. And I realized as I've done that, that I, that then doesn't give me anything back for myself. So it's been learning. That's been a learning curve for me is learning how to balance that ability to give as well as still provide and care for myself and use those gifts. Um, the solution that I have come up with is the more that I can see, even I have a hard time saying this um, because it is still a struggle, but even charging now, providing a financial security basis for me now gives me the opportunity to, in the future, provide more services for free to create um, a nonprofit where people who don't have the resources to pay for me can. And so it's, creating the money and the abundance now in order to give more in the future is how I've navigated that because that is, yes, I absolutely feel like I should be giving these gifts away for free. Mm, yeah. It's really important because um, we don't believe that you should give anything away for free as you know, because 
our energy and our time are really, really precious commodities, right? And you can always earn more money. And that what kind of helped me flip the switch really is about eight years ago when I had my children, I realized what a precious commodity my time was and my presence and my energy with them. So if someone then wanted to come in and use the gifts and the skills that I have in just the same way as, you know, you, you have an electrician or you have an accountant, we are just the same. We're providing our services. We've learned them. We've mastered them. People should pay for that, you know, and, and we get to, and we live in a 3D world, the 3D world it does need money right now. I don't, I think at some point in the future, we might have more of a barter exchange going on. That's what yeah. my team is showing me all the time. But right now, in this 3D world, <laughs> we need money to live. And like you said, you know, you have that space when you have money because you get to choose, right? You get to choose who you work with. You get to choose when. You get to choose who to help, projects, yes. communities, charity staff, all that good stuff, yeah, and they want me to just say, like, money in the, in the right hands is such a beautiful thing. Mm. I love that. I love yeah. that. So keep pushing through with that because I know that a lot of people struggle in the area of money in the healing world as well, you know. It's, and like you say, you, you have to learn through the process. A yes. lot of us aren't being taught right now, are we? We're, we're doing the path alone so that we can share the light and the and the way for other people. Um, yes. And so sometimes the lessons do feel a little bit lonely, but it's kind of been designed that way. <laughs> designed that way for what for what purpose? To Oh, so that we can share and, and guide oh, okay. others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we're the ones that like creating the pieces <laughs> so we can go, <laughs> hey, we got the jigsaw here. Here you go. <laughs> that makes sense i i like that actually i really like that thank you mm -hmm. oh you're welcome well there was obviously i'm channeling now so there's obviously messages for you as well right <laughs> <laughs> so where can people find you angie like where can people stalk you if they want to find out more about what you do yeah i love it stalk away um the best <laughs> way is my website it's angiebarrettmovement.com and I spell my last name B-E-R-R-E-T-T. -T. So it's angiebarrettmovement.com. It has all my social medias. It has my email. It has my phone number. Um, and if you're so feeling in the mood, I do have a free less than five minute movement sequence for when you feel like you're going to lose your cool or flip your lid that you can do that can help settle you down and calm you down. And that's also on my website. So my website is the best place to contact me. Okay, beautiful. And there are there any other messages that you want to share with our readers or our listeners or our watchers, I should say? <laughs> the only message that I want to share, um, and this is something that is really in, uh, embedded in me and is really kind of my mission and my passion is that healing doesn't have to be heavy. We mm. get to have some enjoyment or there gets to be some sort of peace as we're healing because we all have trauma we all have stress we all have anxiety and we it doesn't always have to be heavy there gets to be some joy and some fun with it and in life in general yeah totally agree I always say to my clients and the people that are in my um, network if it's not fun then I'm not doing it 
<laughs> at all. You know, I'm really quite stubborn on that one. So, yeah, I love that message. Thank you so much, Angie. Um, what we'll do is we'll share your links and we'll share how people can find you when we share your podcast. But what I'll do now is I'll, I'll thank our listeners. Thank you, our listeners, our watchers, our readers. And um, I'll stop recording and then we'll have a little chat afterwards. Okay. Sounds great. Lovely. Thank you, everybody, for watching, listening and reading. And we'll see you soon.